I get to bring our first Christmas message of the year. How many are excited for Christmas? You love Christmas. Okay, let's see. How many of you are completely done with your Christmas shopping? Raise your hand loud and proud right here. You're such show-offs. You are such show-offs. But we're really excited for you and the people that are going to get gifts from you. I am not even close. I don't have any so far, but it's going to be awesome. No, I stopped getting him things a long time ago. He's no fun to buy for. That's a story for another time. So I do want to look on the other side of that screen before we jump in the message today and say a big welcome and hello to those that are online joining us and those that are at, at one of our jail campuses or prison campuses or at Belize Central Prison. We could not be more proud of you and what God has planned for you. Come on, church. Welcome our church family. We love y'all. Well, the title of the message today is Christmas Courage. Christmas Courage. I think all of us could use a little Christmas courage. And in fact, just for today's message, I brought out the 1980 vintage SL model of the nativity scene. And I need you to know how hard these are to find. You, don't, you can't just find this anywhere. So much so that I had to steal it out of my neighbor's yard and I plan to have it back at noon. They don't go to church anyway, they're probably sleeping. So I'm gonna get it back in the yard at noon. No, that didn't happen, but I will tell you I did. I wanted to paint a picture today and so I had this idea of getting the nativity scene and, and so I went to Facebook Marketplace place or whatever it's called and 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 found this scene in uh, I think it was Fort Wayne and so I messaged the lady that had it and she had it for a price I need you to know these are not cheap this is expensive I will be selling it today after service you can meet me in the lobby and, and so I messaged the lady and I say okay you know because I mean you just expect to negotiate on marketplace don't you so I negotiate I say here's what I'll give you for it and she messages me back and she says I will not be negotiating with you I said wow okay I'm gonna pull the pastor card so I thought for sure it's a nativity scene I'm gonna tell her what I need it for so I message and I say I'm a pastor and I'm gonna use it for a beautiful sermon on this Sunday could you do it for that price and she messaged me back and she said I said, I will not be negotiating with you. To which I answered back, are you even saved? I don't even know if you're saved at this point. And so finally, I thought, no way. The next day she messaged me and I got it for a deal. She negotiated, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, that's not the point of the sermon. This scene though, I wonder what stories from the Christmas story does it bring to mind when you look at it? Who do you think of in the Christmas story when you see the nativity scene? Maybe you think of Mary, the virgin, who gave birth to the Son of God and what she went through. Maybe the courage of Mary when we think of Christmas courage. Or, or maybe you think of the shepherds who the angels met out in the field and, and they came and they saw baby Jesus and they were able to be a, the first part of celebrating that God had sent the Messiah. Or maybe you think of the wise men that traveled across the earth following the star to come and bring their offerings. I wonder who you think of in the Christmas story. But I wanted to propose to you today that I think there's an unsung hero in the story. I think there's somebody that too often in the Christmas story we can overlook. In fact, I wonder if you even noticed who's missing from the scene. Joseph is missing. Some of you are like, oh, I thought that was Joseph. There's an unsung hero in the Christmas story, and his name is Joseph. 
And I want to talk about the courage of Joseph today. And I had to ask myself, what in the world made Joseph so special that God himself thought, that's who I want to be the father to my son on earth? What was it about Joseph that God saw in Joseph, that God knew about Joseph, that he would invite Joseph to be a part of this story, one of the greatest stories we'll ever know? What was it about Joseph? Well, I'm going to propose today it was one thing. It wasn't because Joseph had glory and fame and power. It wasn't because Joseph was the most talented and gifted. It wasn't because Joseph was going to be the greatest dad. It wasn't because Joseph had money and wealth that he could offer the son of God. I want to propose today that the reason God chose Joseph is because Joseph was a man with a listening heart. When God asked himself, who do I want to be my son's father on earth? I think he must have thought to himself, I need a man who will listen to me. I need a man that will follow what I say. I need a man with a listening heart. And that was Joseph. And we're going to see that throughout his story today. And I just want to encourage you today because the truth is Joseph did get to be a part of this story. Because he had a listening heart. And he became a part of God's greatest story. And that same offer goes to you and I today. God wants us to be a part of the salvation story. What does he need from you? He needs a man, he needs a woman with a listening heart. Let me read to you my favorite verse in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 9. This is a verse that I've learned to pray for myself for years now. I can't tell you how many years. Maybe it's been 20 years I've been praying this prayer. But I want you to see it. In fact, in this 1 Kings chapter 3, what's happening, and Pastor Kyle already mentioned him, but it's Solomon. David's son Solomon, who would have been 28, 29 generations removed from Joseph. Joseph came from the line of David, and that was necessary for the Christmas story. And so here's Solomon, his great, 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 great to, to Joseph. And watch what happens. God asks Solomon one question. He says, if I could do anything for you, what do you want? Ask me for anything you want, and I'm going to do it for you. I just wonder, if God asked you that, what are you asking for? Think about it for a minute. If God asked you anything you want, and I'm going to do it for you. He asked Solomon that question, and here's what it says. Here's what I want, Solomon said. Give me a God-listening heart so that I can lead your people well, discerning the difference between good and evil. I love that because here's what I realized. I bet Joseph was praying that same prayer. I bet that got passed down from generation to generation to generation. God, give me a listening heart. That's what I want. I don't want money. I don't want fame. I don't need glory. I just need a listening heart. And so here we find Joseph, and he was a man with a listening heart. I want to tell you Joseph's story today. Let's, let's look at it together. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. And it says this. This is how Joseph the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. And so he decided to break the engagement quietly. 
And as he considered this, the Bible says, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through this prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And here we are. So we see Joseph. And I want to share today four things we learn from Joseph today about a listening heart. Number one is this. A listening heart obeys even when it isn't easy. A listening heart obeys even when it isn't easy. Here's what I think. I think too often we think if God said it to us, it's got to be easy because God said it. Can I assure you just the opposite is true? If God said it to you, it's bigger than you, greater than you, and harder than you're capable of. It's not because it's easy just because God said it. And we find Joseph, and this is what's happening. When we meet Joseph in the story, the Bible says he's engaged to be married to Mary. Now, at that time, you have to understand the, what, the, what it meant to be betrothed or engaged is the same to us legally as marriage. So the fact that they were engaged together was a legal matter. They were together. When all of the sudden they're engaged, planning their entire future, planning their home, planning their kids, planning their family, it's all going well. Until one day, Mary comes to Joseph and she says, hey, Jojo, I've got good news and I've got bad news. Now the good news, Joe, is that the Messiah the savior of the world that we've been waiting for thousands of years for. He's coming to earth. He's coming, just like they said. But the bad news, Joe, is I'm the one pregnant with him. And I swear I've not been with another man. I want you to picture all of the emotions Joseph is feeling in this moment. Because he's very human, and if we're not careful, we will overlook in the story they weren't plastic people, they were humans with emotions. And so here's Joseph, and Mary tells him this, and there's no doubt he feels shock, he feels confusion, surprise, betrayal. And let's be really honest, in this moment, he's probably a little insulted. Mary, you really going to try to convince me of that? Come on, girl. Oh, you're pregnant, but you've not been with anybody? I know it wasn't me. And he has this moment. What do you do with that? I was thinking about it because just the other day it reminded me of when somebody, every year somebody sends me this, sends us, I say me. Well, it's addressed to us, but we all know it's for me. And it's a box of chocolates. Okay, so this is why it's for me. And so this box of chocolates, and it's like, the, you know, the nice kind. It's not like the Kit Kat that I want my kids to eat. I don't want them touching this box of chocolates, and they know the rule. I get the expensive chocolates, you get the cheap chocolates. That's how this works. And, and so I've got the box of chocolates, and I tell my son, my six-year-old Braxton, I tell him, don't you dare touch mom's chocolates, okay? And so a little later, in comes Braxton to the kitchen, and he has chocolate all over his face and all over his hands. And he walks straight up to me. He says, Mom, 
I did not touch your chocolates. <laughs> to which I answer him, son, the evidence would say otherwise. You know, anytime a six-year-old says they didn't, it actually means they did. I wonder if Joseph felt in that moment, Mary, the evidence says otherwise that you've been with someone. And in this moment, he's feeling the betrayal. And he goes, and the Bible says he's considering these things. Now, here's what he's not considering. In that moment when the Bible says he was considering what to do next, there wasn't an option of do I stay with her and take her as my wife and take him as my son or do I leave her? That wouldn't have been an option on the table in that culture because legally they were as good as married. Here's what it meant. He knew he had to divorce her. To break the engagement would mean I have to legally divorce her and it was going to bring shame upon her. It was going to bring shame upon his name, his family name, his entire community. Shame was going to fall because of this situation that fell. And when the Bible says he was considering it, he wasn't considering what to do. He knew what he had to do. And then it goes on and says he was considering how to do it in a way that was quiet. He loved Mary. I love this about Joseph because a side note we learn about Joseph is Joseph was both moral and he had mercy. And you don't ever want one without the other. It's good to have morals, but can I just tell you, if you don't have mercy, you'll be like the religious Pharisees that nobody will listen to. There's a, there's a benefit to having both, and Joseph had both. He, he was a righteous man, the Bible said. He knew what was right, but he also had mercy. He wanted to protect Mary in the best that he could and protect his family name. And so he's considering this, the Bible says, what to do. When he's sleeping at night, an angel comes to him and tells him, Joseph, it's okay. Take Mary as your wife. What she said is true. Take her as your wife and name him Jesus. And then look, this is what happens next. Matthew chapter 1, verses 24 through 25 says this. And when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. And he took Mary as his wife, but he didn't have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. I want you to understand, though, a listening heart obeys even when it isn't easy. This wasn't going to be an easy choice for Joseph. What this meant is now Joseph's reputation was going to be marred. You think everybody else is going to just believe the story that this, this birth happened of the Holy Spirit? Nobody else is going to understand that. Think of the family and the friends and what they're going to think and what they're going to say. In fact, there was so much reputation marred in this that later in Jesus' adult life, the Bible says the Pharisee would throw jabs and they would say to Jesus, we know who our father is, who's yours. They knew what they were saying in that moment. This choice wasn't going to be easy for Joseph, but a listening heart obeys even when it isn't easy. I want to ask you today, what is it that God told you to do, but you don't want to do it because it's going to be hard? A listening heart obeys even when it isn't easy. And for Joseph, he decided to do what was right, not what was easy in the moment. And he takes Mary as his wife. I thought about that some more and I thought, what was it that, ha that gave Joseph the courage to be able to obey this instruction when he heard it from God? What was it? What was it about his perspective? And I want to share it with you because it helped me so much. I thought about 
When Joseph heard God's voice, he did not see it as a disruption to his plan. He saw it as an invitation to God's plan. And there's a difference. For you and I, when you hear God's voice, if you only see it as a disruption to your plan, you will work every angle to get out of obeying the voice of God. You will find a way to push it off. You will find a way to justify not doing it. You will find a way to ignore it. Why? Because you saw it as a disruption to your plan. You had it all planned out, and this is not how it was supposed to go. But if you see that it's an invitation into God's plan, you'll know I can trust God to step into this. You know what Joseph knew in this moment? This wasn't God disrupting their perfect little wedding and their cute little family and their perfect little home in this perfect little village. This was God coming in the midst of them and saying to all of them, every one of them had an invitation. And if they would have seen it as a disruption, none of them would have showed up in the Christmas story. But because they didn't see it as a disruption, because they realized the God of the universe has invited us to step into this story. You know what he was inviting Joseph to do? Joseph, come be the father to the one who will take away the sins of the world. Come be a part of my story of redemption. And Joseph saw it as an invitation. He had no choice but to obey. I want to invite you. Do you know that you and I have an invitation to be a part of the salvation story? Do you know that we have an invitation to make a difference and be a part of redemption and salvation that will continue until Jesus returns? But if you see it as a disruption to your plan, you'll find a way out. But when we see it as that invitation, a listening heart will obey, even if it isn't easy. Here's the second thing we learn from Joseph. It's this, a listening heart obeys without delaying. So in Matthew chapter 1, we meet Joseph. And then the Bible says the angel spoke to him. The, wor- the voice of God came to him while he was sleeping in a dream. And then the Bible says he wakes up and he did it. God speaks and he moved. And then I want you to see another occasion with Joseph. And it's, it's in um, Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. Fast forward a couple years. Joseph and Mary are married. Jesus is born and the wise men have just made their way following the star and they've been with them. They've brought their gifts and their offerings to them. And now we get to Matthew chapter 2 verses 13 through 15 and it says this. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up. Flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said, and stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. And that night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child. Look at your neighbor and say, that night? That night, immediately, without delaying, Joseph gets up and he gets the child and Mary and they stayed there until Herod's death. And this fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. A listening heart obeys without delaying. I think about it for a minute. Here's Joseph. 
And he's in, in this spot. He, he, they're, they're doing good. Everything's going okay. And the Lord comes to him and brings him a word. He says, Joseph, get up now and go to Egypt. I want you to think of what it would cost him to obey that immediately. It's the middle of the night. I would like to think that I would go, that I would oh, hear the voice and I would get up and go to Egypt. And I think I would, but I think Kyle wouldn't let me. So really, it's his fault. And here's Joseph. And the Bible says he gets up, sells the business, packs the home, puts Mary and the baby on the donkey, and off to Egypt they head that very night. Think of it. Because a listening heart obeys without delaying. He was no longer considering. The only time we catch Joseph considering was before he heard the voice of God. Can I just tell you, once you've heard it, you've heard it. What are you waiting on? Why are you waiting? Why are you still considering? There's nothing to consider. God's not going to come to us and go, hey, would you pray about this with me? I've been thinking that I wanted to do this and ask you to do that. Let's pray about it. God doesn't need us to pray together, him and I, about that. If he said it, he meant it. And a listening heart obeys without delaying. I want you to realize, if Joseph delays, he's a dead man. If Joseph delays, there is no nativity scene. If Joseph delays, the whole story changes. I want to encourage us today, but also impart to us today a realization. They call them windows of opportunity because windows can close. And God has grace. But there are moments that we are meant to not ask questions, but yet just obey. There are moments that are going to come to our life that if we delay, the opportunity will pass by. Now, God's grace is there. He'll redirect us. There will be other times, but can I just say that opportunity won't be. That moment will pass. And God wants us to steward his voice well. And Joseph knew he had to obey, and he had to obey right then. I want to share with you just a few things that can happen the longer you and I wait to obey. You see, the longer that we wait to obey, the less convinced you are that you heard God's voice. Anybody else relate to this? Listen, I hear God loud and clear on Sunday, and he sounds a lot like my husband. <laughs> Y'all think you have it hard. Think of me. And so I hear it on Sunday, but I don't do anything with it yet. I'm still considering. Wednesday comes around, and I start to be a little less sure that I actually heard God. God, did you say to do that? Did you tell me to change that? Did you tell me to step out? Was that even you? I don't know. Maybe that was me. Maybe that was the hummus and pita bread Joseph could have thought. I don't know. I mean, the less sure I become that I heard him, the longer that I wait. Here's the next thing that will happen. The longer that I wait to obey, the softer God's voice gets. Ever been there? I was thinking about this, and I thought, honestly, in my own life, what I've realized, the times that I did not obey when I knew God was speaking to me to do something, the longer I waited, the softer I felt like God's voice was, to the point I would have told you, I feel like God's not speaking. No, no, no. He already told you something. Go back to the last thing he told you, and the voice will get loud again. 
Go back and do what he told you to do and you watch as the voice returns. Why? Why is that happening? Well, because listen, God's still saying this, but I'm resisting it and I'm pushing it off and I'm delaying it and I'm waiting. And then the further away I get from that original word that God's still over there saying, guess what? It's getting softer and softer, not because God's not speaking, but because I'm resisting it and I'm walking away from it. God's voice will get softer the longer I wait to obey. But if I'll start moving back towards that word, if I start moving back towards that place and I get myself lined back up with the word that God gave me, you watch as his voice gets loud again. The third thing is this, the longer that I wait to obey, the harder obedience becomes. There's something, and I can't explain it to you, but there's, there is a supernatural empowerment that comes when the word is spoken to you. When God shows you something in his word, when he speaks it to you in a message, when he says it to you in your prayer time, when he says it to you in a worship time, there is a supernatural weight on that word in that moment. But... If I delay and I wait, there's a lifting of that empowerment. And eventually, when I'm ready to obey, it will feel heavy and hard because I waited so long. I, I thought about what I want for 2023, and I hope I've encouraged you. I hope I will stir it up within all of us to want this for 2023. What I want for next year, God, give me a listening heart. Give me a heart that hears your voice and responds encourage. That's all I want. And I was thinking about that. I'm going to make that my prayer. I'm going to do my best. But when a listening heart hears God's voice, we have to obey without delaying so that he can, can trust us. Here's the question. Can he trust you with what he said to you? Can he trust me to give me that word? Give me a listening heart. And you know what else I thought about? Here's my spiritual warfare plan for 2023. Anybody else want one? You just like, give me the plan. I want a spiritual warfare plan. Here's mine. I'm going to obey God so quick that the enemy doesn't even have time to counterattack it. I'm going to obey you so quick, God, that the enemy can't even blink and get his little wedge in there. Anybody else? I'm telling you, it would push away some spiritual warfare from our lives that's never meant to hit us. You know why it's hitting us? Because I'm delaying and I'm waiting and I'm giving the enemy room to do some whispers, to do some lies, to do some wedging, to come up on that word, to steal the word, to rob the word, to pull out the word. No, obey him so quick that it's already done. Devil is done. You can't stop me now. I already did it. Anybody else? I hope you feel the fire in the room coming up in your heart. I'm telling you, it will change our lives. This one point, if we learn that when God says it, don't delay, move. Let him say it, move. Let him say it, move. Let him say it, move. I promise you his blessing is on that. Joseph knew in a list, that a listening heart obeys without delaying. I want to show you one verse because it came from the words of Jesus. Maybe you've never recognized this. I've read it a million times, but I hadn't thought of it in this context, and that is God cares how we steward the word that he gives us. He's watching to see what will you do with that word. Do you understand this? And so Jesus actually taught us this, and he says, the one who has much will be given more. And the one who has little, I'll take it away. And he wasn't talking about possessions and things and treasures. In this verse, he's talking about his voice. 
his word, his instruction. Look at it. Mark chapter 4, verses 23 through 25 says this. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding or obedience will be given. And you will receive even more. But to those who are listening to my teaching, more understanding will be given. Those, do you understand that word listen doesn't mean hear? Do you know the difference? I can hear God and not do it. But if I listen, it means I move with it. I do what he said. And so he says, to those who are listening, more will be given. I'll keep speaking. I'll keep showing you. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken from them. It matters how we steward the word. And a listening heart obeys without delaying. Here's the third one, and it's this. A listening heart obeys even when it's not sure. <laughs> you ever been not sure? So here's Joseph. Imagine, go back with me in the story where we met Joseph. We meet him, and, he, and God, the Lord, comes to him in a dream, and he says, Mary, Mary, it's okay. Go ahead and take her as your wife. And he does it. But he's not sure, how do I be the father to the son of God, God himself? How am I going to do that? How am I going to provide for this family? Where are we going to go? What are we going to do? What's this going to look like? Not sure. He doesn't know. But he obeys even when he isn't sure. Then we get to Matthew chapter 2, and, and God comes to him again in a dream, and he says, go to Egypt. <laughs> okay, I don't speak Egyptian. I don't know anybody in Egypt. Who am I going to meet there? Where are we going to live? Where am I going to work? How am I going to provide? What's it? I don't know. He's not sure. He's not sure. But a listening heart obeys even when it isn't sure. And then we fast forward a little bit, and, and here it is in Matthew chapter 2, verses 19 through 23. He's done everything God said so far. And then it says, when Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared to him to, in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. And he says, get up, the angel said. Take this child and his mother back to the land of Israel, because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned. Are you inspired by Joseph? He is the man. I'm just telling you, we can't forget him. <laughs> He's got a lot to teach us. And here's Joseph. And he's saying, go back to Israel, Joseph. Now, Joseph doesn't have Fox News and CNN to turn on and see that the king is really dead. In fact, he feels everything you're going to feel when you're not sure, but God has said something to you. The Bible says he was afraid. Like, are the, is he really dead? Am I putting my family at risk? by go, Did I? God, was that even you? You know, the rest of them got visitations from angels and stars in the sky. You know what Joseph got? A whisper in the night. You ever had to try to decide, is that you, Lord? And so here's Joseph, and he says, go back to Israel, and he's on his way, but then he's a little bit scared. He feels, he feels anxious. He feels wondering and questions and doubts, and what am I doing the right thing for my family? He feels everything that you and I would feel. And God shows up again, and he says, on the journey, he's on the journey back to where God told him. And he says, actually, I want you to take a detour. I want you to go over here. And then he says, after he gave him a warning in a dream, and he left for the region of Galilee, so that the family went and lived in the town of Nazareth. 
And listen, here it is again. This fulfilled what the prophets had said. He will be called a Nazarene. What I realize when I keep seeing over and over, every time we meet Joseph, is he, he hears, he's got a listening heart, he hears the word of the Lord, and he obeys. And then the Bible says, and this fulfilled what the prophet said. Do you understand what's at stake? The prophecies of a thousand years are being fulfilled in Joseph. He doesn't know. But he has a listening heart. And this fulfilled, here's what I learned. God is sure even when you're not. God knows what he's doing. And I may not feel sure, but my God is sure. And if God said it to me, then I know it's got a bigger plan than what I can see. I know that God is faithful. I know I can trust him. God is sure always, even when I don't feel so much. The other thing, you know what I noticed about Joseph? And this is true in your life and my life. God only showed him enough information to take his next step. <laughs> you want the whole plan. Keep waiting, Cinderella. <laughs> it's not going to happen. God only showed Joseph enough information to take his next step. He wasn't sure what came next. He didn't know everything, but he did what he knew. What about you? You and I won't know everything, but can we do what we know? And he kept giving Joseph information, and I need you to know, this is God's plan for our life. God could have showed the whole plan in Matthew chapter 1. It wouldn't have taken that many verses. In Matthew chapter 1, in the Christmas story, he could have said, here's everything that's going to happen, and here's what it's going to look like, Joseph, and here's what you're going to do next, and then this person's going to come against you. It's going to be fine, Joseph. It's going to be fine. And some of us are waiting to obey God because we just so, God, just show me the whole plan. Then I'll do it. But here's the catch. If God tells you the whole plan, on January 1st, 2023, you won't need to talk to him anymore. And the thing is, God wants to talk to you on January 1. And then he wants to talk to you on January 3. And he wants to be with you on January 5. And he wants to be with you in February. And he wants to show you something in March. And he wants to encourage you in April. And he wants to spend time with you in May. And you and I have a propensity to just go, God, you've showed me all I need to know. I've got it from here. And God's going, no. You and I got to stay in step. I can't show you everything, but I'll show you something. Will you take that step? You see, because the thing is, a listening heart, it obeys even when it isn't sure. Fourth and final thing, and we'll close. It's this. We learn this from Joseph. A listening heart is developed in God's presence. You want God to speak to you? Open this book. You don't have to understand it. You just have to read it. God never said, understand my book, my word, my letters to you. He just said, open them up. I've got some things to tell you. I want to show you some things. And it's not the only way he speaks to you. He's going to speak to you in dreams. He's going to speak to you 
in your prayer times. He's going to speak to you when you're worshiping. God's got some things to say to us. And a listening heart is developed in God's presence. You want to hear God's voice? You get in his presence. You know what's interesting about Joseph is the other times that we see Joseph, besides in this Christmas story, the only other times we see him, he's in the temple. He was in the presence of God. Every time we meet Joseph, God's either speaking to him or he's in the presence ready for God to speak to him. What about us? Can I position myself that either God, you're speaking to me or I am in the place that I know your voice will be. I've positioned myself in a place that says, speak, Lord, I'm listening. And Joseph was in the temple. And something interesting happens there that I want to encourage you with. Because there's something about coming into the house of God. This is not the only place that God speaks. But can I encourage you, many times, if he doesn't speak to you in this place, he'll confirm what he did speak to you. There'll be a confirmation that takes place that removes the unsurety, that removes the doubt, that removes the anxiety, that sparks the flame in us to go, God, you said it, I'm going to do it. God, you said it, I'm going to do it. And here's Joseph. Look at the confirmation that came to his life. Because we get to Luke chapter 2, and you have to understand, Joseph and Mary are now married. They have baby Jesus and they're taking him, the Bible says they're taking him to the temple to dedicate him. Now, at that time, to go dedicate means to circumcise. Aren't you glad we don't do that in experienced church? And Pastor Kyle be responsible for that. Praise the Lord. So they're going to go dedicate Jesus in the temple. They knew the first thing they had to do, they had to give him back to God. God, this is your son. And they're in the temple, and look what happens. When the days stipulated by Moses for purification were complete, they took him up to Jerusalem to offer him to God. And in Jerusalem at the time, there was a man, Simeon by name, a good man, a man who lived in prayerful expectancy of help for Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. And the Holy Spirit had shown him that he would see the Messiah of God before he died. And then led by the Spirit, he entered the temple. In other words, Simeon was a man with a listening heart. Do you understand how important it is to have a listening heart? To be a part of God's story? All you need is a listening heart. And he enters the temple, and as the parents of the child Jesus brought him in to carry out the rituals of the law, Simeon took him into his arms and blessed God. Picture the scene. Picture Joseph and Mary. They're like, what's happening? And he has the baby, and he says, God, you can now release your servant. Release me in peace as you promised. With my own eyes, I've seen your salvation. And it's now out in the open for everyone to see a God-revealing light to the non-Jewish nations for the glory of your people, Israel. And then look what happens. It says, Jesus' father and mother were speechless in surprise at these words. I can't help but think that was the moment for Joseph. You have to understand. Jesus is a baby. He's, he's not been doing signs and miracles and wonders. Joseph still isn't sure. Was Mary telling the truth? Is, is this who I think it is? He didn't know. He didn't know. How sweet of God. While they're in the temple, and I'm sure the anxiety is there with Joseph. Can I do what God called me to do? God, I hope I'm pleasing you. I hope it's going well. I hope I'm moving in the right direction. And suddenly God sends confirmation. And a prophet comes and says, this is the Messiah. 
This is the Redeemer, and this is the one who will take the sins of the world. In that moment, it all made sense for Joseph. In that moment, and from that moment forward, Joseph had determined, I will be a man with a listening heart. And because of it, he's a big part of this Christmas story. He got to be a part of the plan to bring salvation to the world. What about you? What about you? The invitation is there. Do you want to be a part of the greatest story ever told? Be a man, be a woman with a listening heart. And God won't fail you. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you that you see us and you know us. We're grateful for your presence in this place. We're grateful for this Christmas story. And as, as we unwrap it over the next few weeks, would you just bring revelation to us? May we apply it to our own lives. Right now, I wanna say something to those of you in the room or maybe watching online that you haven't given your life to Jesus. You're not sure that you're in relationship with Jesus. I just wanna encourage you today. The invitation has been laid out to you today. In fact, my guess is you hear the voice of God speaking to you right now. You hear the knock upon your heart, inviting you into this relationship with the Redeemer, the Savior of the world. Don't miss this moment, don't delay. I wanna give you this opportunity, if that's you in the room or maybe watching online, just lift your hand towards heaven. I'm not gonna ask you to do anything. I'm gonna pray with you and for you. So right where you are, if you say, I wanna give my life to Jesus today, just lift your hand and I want you to pray this in your heart. Today, Jesus, I choose you. I repent of my sin and I give you my life. Cleanse me now. I receive your free gift that you came to die for, Jesus. And now fill me with your Holy Spirit and show me how to live. My life is yours. And now around the rest of the room, if you're just in the room and this has stirred something within you, maybe you wanna make it your prayer. God, give me a listening heart. You wanna hear God's voice. Or maybe you've been in a moment of delay or you're just not sure and you need an impartation to take place right now because you know you've heard something from God. You just need to act upon it. If that's you around the room, just lift your hand towards heaven. This is between you and God, but I'm in on this. I'm lifting my hand. I want a listening heart this next year. I wanna, when God says it, I wanna move and I'm gonna need a supernatural empowerment for that. And so Father, here we are, your sons and your daughters. And we say, speak, Lord, we're listening. I pray, God, you would seal this word in our hearts. We thank you for the example of Joseph. May we apply it to our lives. May we have a listening ear this year. We're asking, give us a listening ear, God. And then would you give us the courage to obey you, even when it isn't easy, even when we're not sure. And may we obey you the moment you speak it, but we need your help, God. So fill us with your spirit and show us the way to go. We surrender this moment to you. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise. He's worthy.